Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 33. Um, so one of the things that I'm I'm really big about and you know, I, I, I call my cameras my security blankets a lot of times is, is to me photography is a lot of therapy. Uh, you know, I went to therapy my entire life and I found photography as a good outlet if I need time to myself or if I need a reason to be somewhere. Welcome to the Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. Today we have Tommy Cuevas on the couch, and I'm super excited to have this conversation with him. Before we head on into the interview, though, I do want to ask you to go ahead, smash that like button, subscribe, do all the wonderful things, um, download the podcast, and help us move this channel forward. So let's go ahead and hop on over to Tommy. Welcome, Tommy. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I am I am super pumped to be here. I've been thinking about it all week. Oh, uh, you know, I, I I watch and I always see the people that you have on here, and I'm, I'm the fact that I'm here. I'm just wow. All right, thanks. That's <laughs> I don't even know. Well, I, I can't imagine anybody not knowing who you are because you are uh, around town with that camera everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's my safety blanket. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's really funny because I've never been able to get myself to do street photography like that because I always feel odd with my camera in my hand when I'm not in a studio setting. It's it's a hard thing to get over. I So there's a, a couple of, of street photographers that I really, really like. And one one is an American uh, British uh, Klein, and then the other one is is French and uh, uh, Basson. And uh, I found out something very, very interesting about them. They're, they both take radically different street photography, okay. and they're very, very famous. And one is generally more distance. So, mm-hmm. like, he uses he uses a Leica, uses, you know, a telephoto lens to grab people. And then Klein was very much of right up in your face. He used very wide-angle lenses. Uh, and I found out that uh, they actually used the same exact camera. Actually, they gave each other their cameras. Oh, funny. So, but you could see the radical difference. I'm yeah. trying to be more like Klein now, where okay. I'm getting more into it. Yeah. Uh, and that is intimidating as anything. Like, you know, yes. but you wind up talking to people. So that's, that's, that's cool. Really that's cool. Really yeah. Well, it. I think you have the personality for it, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I hope so, because I really don't like getting punched in the face. So, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, has that ever happened to you? No, oh, okay. no. Uh, I, I, I have had one guy, and it was—I wasn't even taking a photo, but I was just looking down at my camera and adjusting some stuff. He's like, "What are you? What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Uh, I'm just kind of just putzing around," and got really, really into it. And then uh, wound up being super nice guy. He was like, "Oh, really? That's super, super cool," and everything like that. As soon as I explained it, so yeah, that's really cool. So, how did you actually get started with it? So I um, I started photography when I was nine years old. So I got my first film camera. It was a little 35-millimeter point-and-shoot. And I just loved taking photos. I just took photos all the time of just the most random things. Um, And then I got – you know, so I started in film. I got a film SLR. You know, I got nicer and nicer film cameras. And then digital came around. And I got one of the very, very first digital cameras that ever came out. And it was a Casio QV11. I remember this thing. (laughs) this is back when I was living in New York. Okay. And uh, if anybody's familiar with New York, there are tons of these electronic shops okay. all throughout Manhattan. And the funny thing about them is uh, everything fell off the back of a truck. Like nothing <laughs> came from the manufacturer. It was always like the shadiest thing. And, uh, you know, I, I saw this thing. It was like, oh, a digital camera. And it took 99 photos. 
internal memory. You had to hook it up to a serial port. So it was not a fun process. No. And uh, it had this little swivel camera thing, and it was great. Uh, but the other thing is, unless you shot it in complete sunlight, and I mean pure sunlight, uh, it was like shooting film in the like the early aughts of the 1900s. <laughs> yeah. Because like if you even slightly moved, if breeze came by, if too much wind flew, like it, the photo was ruined. Yeah. So, uh, but that's where I started with uh, digital and then I started moving up from there. And uh, my career in photography wound up being events and venues mm-hmm. in Ebor. So, yeah, that's that's a okay. trial by fire when it comes to photography. Okay. Uh, and I started just doing bars and clubs and got paid to do that. Wow. Uh, and, yeah, I would be butzing around Ebor doing photos for, like, the Ritz and Empire and stuff like that. So, okay. And then, yeah, it just became a passion of mine, especially yeah. capturing people. Yeah. So that's – Well, let's – okay, let's backtrack a little bit. So you were in New York. Where did you – Grow up. So I I like to say my, my mom got Long Island in the divorce. My dad got everywhere else. <laughs> uh, so a, a lot of it was spent on Long Island in a really – in uh, I try to explain this to people, and unless they grew up there, it was literally the wrong side of the tracks. Like so there was Port Jeff Station, which is this beautiful, beautiful town. Okay. It's gorgeous. And then I lived on the other side of Long Island Railroad, which was – uh, a Selden. And Selden, I, to kind of give you an idea, I recently went back a couple of years ago and I'm driving through and it looks exactly like it did in 1989. Oh my goodness. Like nothing has changed. <laughs> N- nothing. Like it's the same stores, the same, it's, it's, it's a place locked in time. Yeah. Uh, but in not a good way. Like, oh. like, like Port Jeff Station still has a small, beautiful fisherman town mentality. Yeah. Selden just is like, I could probably buy meth here. Like, that's the kind of town that it was. Okay, okay. So. <laughs> so that's where you grew up mostly. Mostly. Okay. And then uh, whenever my dad was around, like, it was any, it was anywhere around Long Island and it was anywhere in the city or even at, for a short time, uh, Brooklyn. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you actually had a lot of inspiration and a lot of chance to kind of be around people and just kind of know that situation of a lot of people. Yeah, I was for a good chunk of my life I was just kind of an outside observer uh okay. when it came to it, social situations. And because my mom was a single mom, um, you know, and we didn't have a lot of money growing up, you know, I just had to be the, I was the purse, you know, I was just walking around, I was always kind of just there. So I had a lot of interactions with adults. Um I was a super, I mean, I, I still am just a super nerdy kid. Uh, you know, know way too much about Star Trek for my own good and Star Wars. It's not. Uh, like, I, you know what? I would have never guessed that. Oh, listen, it's <laughs> like, I'd be like, what, you guys don't watch the Carl Sagan's The Cosmos instead of like Power Rangers yeah, and things like yeah. that. Um, if there was something to nerd out about, I would. I'm one of these people, like, if, I, if something interests me, I have to learn everything about it. I yeah. pick up every book. I watch every YouTube video about it. And then I'll move on to my next thing. So, Well, you told me, I, I ran into you at an event here not that long ago, and you told me that you actually listened to audiobooks like two and a half times fast. Yeah. And so it does not surprise me at all that you were just this information absorber. <laughs> and none of it's useful. None yeah. of it, none of it's like for the benefit of humanity. It, it's like I tell people, I've been to three CPR classes. 
if you go down, you're on your own. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how the impulse engine on the Starship Enterprise will work, but you're 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 going. <laughs> you're down. done. On you're the done. Here. None of this is for anybody's benefit. It's just yeah, yeah. My, my fascination. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's really cool. So, how did you make your way down to Florida then? Uh, so yeah, I I moved to the Palm Harbor, Tampa Bay area when I was 15 years old uh, with my mom. Uh, she just wanted to get out of New York. Uh, the 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 area that we I was growing up when in wasn't the most wasn't the most safe environment, uh, you know, it, or it wasn't the best environment for me to really grow up in. Uh, my mom decided to move out of New York. Uh, we wound up landing in in Tarpon Springs, Florida, when I was fifteen years old. So the Palm, right on the Palm Harbor, Tarpon Springs border. And uh, it was just a huge kind of culture shock for me because yeah. we went from – my mom was a real estate agent and became very, very successful at being a real estate agent. So we, we moved up in the world. And I moved to this very high-class, very fancy area called East Lake, and it even sounds bougie as all hell. Yes. Um, and <laughs> from Selden to, to East Lake. To, yeah. East, to East Lake, <laughs> where East Lake Landings was. And all of a sudden, it was a huge culture shock for me because, yeah. you know, I had this thick Joey Bag of Donuts accent. Uh, you know, I, I, I had to say water and quarter coffee like nine times a day to people. Cause they're like, say it again, say it again. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I'm around these rich kids and it was just a complete culture shock for me to be all of a sudden from this divey area, sketchy as anything to this very, very nice neighborhood. Yeah. And was so. it a good shock or just, or was it really a hard transition for you? It was, it was a good shock uh, in a lot of ways. It was a eye opening in a lot of ways for me. I all of a sudden saw like, this is going to be like the first time I went over to a friend's house that lived there and it was this beautiful, gorgeous house. Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, his mom comes in. It's like, can you take a trash? And it's the first time I ever saw anybody really give a, a parent attitude. Oh. And like I ducked. Like I was like, oh, you're going <laughs> you, you're gonna to die. Like why? <laughs> Did you just say that to your mom? Yeah. And she's just like, whatever. And I'm like. Why I I, ooh, I would have gotten a flying scissor kick to the teeth, yeah. uh, and I think that was one of it. Uh, but I wound up actually finding my own kind of niche of people. I I I'm just so fascinated by people, and I'm such an extrovert. I want to know people's stories, yeah, and things along those lines. That I you know I hung out with the the those kind those kids. I hung out with the kids that were on the other side, like the track that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just liked talking and meeting people. So yeah. I just went in between the two. Yeah. Okay. So. And then how old were you when you got up to the Ocala area? This was seven years ago. I, oh. I moved here seven years ago to be with my now fiance. Uh, I, I moved up here. We met through work. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean, and, Sean is the way smarter version of our relationship. Uh, she's in application development. And I was uh, – I worked in IT at the time. Okay. And then I moved to IT business consulting. And she had to back up all the BS that I told customers. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, we could do yeah. this. Yeah, that's fine. And then her team would be like, wait, you told them what? Yeah. And they're like, well, now we got to figure out how to make this happen. <laughs> and and that's how I met my fiance. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. So was she from this area originally? Or did you guys just kind of want a different lifestyle from where you were before? She was living here. She originally grew up in Virginia. Well, was born in Virginia. And... Uh, 
she also lived in Sarasota and in, in, in Jacksonville for a while. Uh, but she met uh, at that – her newly ex-husband here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I had a dog and a crappy apartment <laughs> and she had two kids and a nice house. Yes. And I was like, you know what, I'll just I'll, – I'll move up to Ocala. And, it's, and this is one of the cool things about this town and I absolutely love it. When I first came here, I think Infinite just opened up. Okay. And we're sitting there and she's like, oh, come up to Ocala. And – uh, it was like a Friday. I drove up, mm-hmm. and we, she brought me downtown. And you know there was uh, the corkscrew, and there was infinite. She, I'm looking around on a Friday. I'm like, why isn't this place slammed? Like these are cool places. Yeah. And uh, you know we wound up walking around downtown. It was right at the point where a lot of the everything was closed down or boarded up mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, I was like, oh, this is it. And then just to see how it grew in that time is absolutely. Jaw-dropping yeah. to me. Yeah, so, it is. It's grown quite a bit. Yeah, but yeah. It, from the first time I came here to now, it's absolutely incredible what, yeah. what just the growth here. Yeah. So what was that transition like for you then? Because you were coming from kind of a bougie area, bigger bigger city still. B- bigger city, <laughs> yeah. I went from – I keep on saying this. I go from New York – to, to Tampa, to Ocala, and eventually I'll just be in a shed in the woods somewhere in Montana. Um, but I, uh, it was it was hard for the first couple of years. So when I first moved here, you know, I, I tend to be very active in the community, and I, I was part of different groups. I, I did things with political organizations and, and non-for-profits, and I, I tried to kind of mirror that here. Uh, but, like... I tried to join the the Democratic Party here, and they're a great, great team, but everybody was a 1,000 years old, and there wasn't a large, young, liberal group down here. So I tried joining that. I tried to join these different groups, and it was just – I I wasn't finding a good match of people. A Mm -hmm. lot of them were a lot older than me and stuff like that. Um, And then I joined the YPO, and I went to uh, my first wine PO. At the keep. And And that's the young professionals. That's the young professionals of Ocala. And I was like, these people are awesome. Like, these are so cool. And I met Mark and Megan, the owners of the keep. And instantly, like, I'm like, these people are amazing. I met Teddy. uh, And I, I, especially when there's moments where I'm like, all right, I have to explain to people what I do. I get a little awkward about it because it is super nerdy stuff. And most people just kind (laughs) of glaze over and they're like, so can you fix my router? Uh, (laughs) Or it's like, hey, my phone's doing something weird. Yeah. I can't help you with that. But uh, I met Teddy, who's uh, one of my best friends. And uh, I can go into Teddy forever. Uh, I I, I don't know why. Somebody asked me, what do I like to do? And I I said, uh, uh, black tar heroin. Just as a joke, just as a lark to see how this person – something dumb that I said to him. And all I see is Teddy pop his head out and go, BTH. And, and, and I was like – I instantly was like, this is now going to be my friend. Like I, I, the fact that I made this dumb joke that maybe 1% of people get. Yeah, I was going to say, I probably don't get oh, the joke, he, but maybe the 1% out there will. Yeah, yeah. The one, one, I cracked that joke and he's just BTH. And I was like – all right, man, we're going to be cool together. Like yeah. I, I instantly liked him. He, and plus he was a white, white young professional. Everybody's dressed up. He's in a tank top covered in tattoos with his beard. And I think mm-hmm. he pulled out a chicken McNugget out of his pocket uh, <laughs> later on that night. Uh, uh, so, yeah. And that's kind of how you started finding your people, huh? Well, I think Teddy 
it's one of these things, like to me, it was almost kismet. Like, uh, you know, Teddy is so talented and I love meeting people that have talent and use it, whether they make money at it or not, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's, you know, he was just this talented guy that was already starting to really kind of grow in the art scene here. And I love art. I love art is one of my huge passions and mostly because, and this is one of the reasons I got into photography, I can't paint or draw. I, I, I am so bad at it. I tried for so long. I'm envious of people that can. And Teddy, (laughs) Teddy would just come up with stuff in his head and be like, I just drew this this weekend. I'd be like, this is a mat. Are you kidding me, man? (laughs) It's like, yeah, I don't know. I had nothing else going on. It was one o'clock in the morning. I just painted this huge canvas of awesomeness and it's beautiful. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, dude. And I met all my, uh, pretty much all my friends through Mark and Megan, Teddy and through the YPO. So I'm, I'm extremely thankful to them. So, because I was going crazy. Yes. Just hanging out at home. Yes, yes. So, so now you, you're out and we see you everywhere. I mean, in fact, today you even brought cameras on your person. I, I always have a camera on me. Yeah. Uh, I have three today. Yeah. Uh, I have two film cameras and I have a, a, a digital camera. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Do you process your own film? I do. I just I started getting back into that recently. Uh, a, because processing online is expensive as anything and film is already very expensive yeah so i started doing a lot of my home processing and it's a lot easier than it used to be uh you know you don't need a dark room anymore to do it um you know you can buy the chemicals pre-mixed and there's these cool tumbler cans uh that you just put your film in you shake it like a you know like you're making a martini for about three minutes and then you rinse it out and you hang it up to dry and it, it you know you you get your negatives back and then you use uh, I use a tablet as a backlight, okay. And I have film holders, and then I use a old uh, fifty Olympus fifty millimeter, no, a Nikkor fifty millimeter with a, a macro filter on it, and my my Fuji to take photos of the negatives, and then I flip the negatives around and I get okay. film. Okay. So that's how I get my pictures out. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's an interesting process. Definitely. Yeah. I tried every other process and they're a nightmare. <laughs> uh, I tried scan, like using a scanner uh, and it for the amount of uh, information you got to grab, you have to put out a high DPI and it just, you're just sitting there and I'm like, all right. And then I start doing the film one using my digital camera and just click, 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 click. And then you put it in Lightroom and you do some. You know, moving some sliders and you're done. And you're done. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying about the the drawing and the appreciation of art and everything like that. I um, went back to school for graphic design, Mm -hmm. and I'm very much a layouts person, hence why I wound up in the magazine industry. (laughs) Yeah, no, fair enough. (laughs) But we had to draw in class. Like, we had to present thumbnails of Mm -hmm. what our projects were going to be, and mine were the most horrific, unreadable stick figures you ever saw. (laughs) I, I even have horrible handwriting, and yeah. I take handwritten notes uh, for work on a on a you know, e-ink tablet. And I, it's scary when somebody goes like, "Hey, can I can I check your notes in the meeting?" Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I gotta type that out first because yeah. you're gonna look <laughs> at it and you're gonna be like, either you're an alien." Or you <laughs> wrote this during your earthquake. Like I, it's like, you have to decipher it. So yeah. <laughs> Arche- I'm afraid archaeologists will find it in like a thousand years and think I created a whole new language. So they could have. Yeah, you yeah. could have. Yeah, you know, you never know. What do you enjoy most about taking photography and and uh, doing street photography in particular? It's interesting to see what people are like 
in unfiltered moments. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I don't do portraits. There are amazing portrait photographers, and one of them is in the room with us right now. Uh, he's shaking his head. He, he's the guy in the dark corner. But uh, be, And it's a fight, I feel like, between Mark and, and, and Josh, where it is – both of them are absolutely incredible. And people are like, hey, can you do my portrait? I'm like, nope, I cannot. You will not like it. I do not know how to pose people. Well, you did have a magaz- you did have a portrait in our magazine. From, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I and it, it trust me, there was a thousand that were absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and that was like the best. But the, that's every photographer, yeah, I swear. Oh, I swear. That's most photographers. People are like, Oh, you take incredible photos. You gotta see the ones I don't post. That's like, right, oh, yes. Like <laughs> Thank uh, God for digital mostly. Yeah. And uh but I love finding people in unfiltered moments. I like people in their serious moments. I like people in their non-serious moments. I like when people are just real people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you have to ask people to pose and things like that, uh, you know, you're, you're giving the best representation of themselves. And even then, I think the best representation of somebody is that real moment. I think of one moment recently where I got actually at the keep, I got a photo of my friend Melissa and RJ just sitting on the steps Obviously, having some deep conversation, probably about puppies. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> and it just, I, I love the photo of both of them. I got another photo and it, of Angie Lewis and her husband. And so I, I, I took the photo and I was like, this is the most real photo I think I've ever seen of both of them. Because it's, it's, it's her husband, Clint, just sitting at the bar, just looking at the middle distance. Mm-hmm. And Angie standing on top of a bar stool with her hands like this yelling at somebody about a thing. And I was like, no, this is this is your marriage. Like yeah. this is you just – Clint's just happy to be there and Angie is going crazy. And he look I, – I know because I know how much they love each other. It's like yeah. this is this is his dream woman like right there. And he just accepts her for who she is and she's just loving life. And yeah. so I think that's – those are the moments I absolutely love capturing. Yeah, I, I find um, – that I absolutely love street photography and and photography like that. Just capturing those moments, I love to look at it and I pursue it. But I, on the other hand, love to take controlled portraits. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, it's almost it's the same. But I want to. It's like I want to show them what I see mm-hmm. in them. And and sometimes when. Um, I know when somebody captures an image of me just out being me, I'm usually like, ugh, <laughs> is that what I look like? And, you know, and so I want them to see what I will see. And a lot of times because we do it in a controlled environment, everybody's like, you're going to Photoshop that, right? And I always tell them, I'm going to make you look like you had your best night's sleep and what I see you yeah. as. But you're going to be you, you know? Yeah. And um, and and I absolutely love showing them that they can – they can do that. I used to do um, breastfeeding photography, and I would do it in the 1940s style a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, and so you'd have that really dark, um, moody, black and white lighting. Um, she, I'd, use, white. I'd have oh. her wear a gown like they would have, you know, a dress or something in the 1940s, and it would just be a child attached to a boob in this, you know, 40s lighting. And it's like, you can be beautiful doing that, too. Like, you, this is your everyday life. But I, I love watching photographers like yourself— um, more than just the the portrait photography. I love looking at portrait photography too, but like as far as like what I actually will a lot of times follow on like Instagram or something like that is that street photography because I'm I'm so intrigued by it, especially 
um, having the courage to just carry your camera around and not feel like a dork. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I do, especially when I'm carrying around my, my bigger cameras, it, more people stop me and just be like, Hey, what I, is that? A, first of all, I, I, I shoot a Fuji, two Fuji cameras and then my film cameras. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I love, and this is one of the reasons I got really back into it really hardcore was I love film. I love the look of film. I love old cameras. I love, you know, I'm going back to one of my favorite uh, film, uh, one of my favorite street photographer, photographers, Klein, was Klein didn't adhere to the rules of photography at all. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at his street photography, he's right in it. He's using wide angle lenses. He, you know, somebody is cut out of the frame slightly. Mm -hmm. It's this weird angle. Uh, and his whole thing was he got into the mix of it. He, and I'm trying to do more of that. I recently did a show at the mutiny where I took a couple of photos of inside the crowd mm -hmm. with a wide angle lens, black and white photos. And to kind of start, because no one notices you if the band's playing. Right. So I was like, all right, this is this is safe enough to just get really up into people's, not in their faces and like getting into their personal bubble, right. but getting close enough with that wide angle that you're getting them and everything else going on around mm -hmm. them. Um, but it, And it's not adhering to those, like, all right, where are your lines? Where's your ratio? Mm -hmm. Where's your composition? It's The whole thing is, every time you look at his photos, you're going to notice something new yeah. and different. So, um, you know, getting into that kind of photography, but going into film and a lot of people ask me about my cameras because even my Fujis look like old school SLR cameras. Yeah. And one of the reasons I got into Fuji is because I found a bunch of street photo photographers on Instagram and I thought they were shooting film. And then I kept, I was like, man, these are great photos. I want to yeah. see what camera they're using. And it kept on saying Fuji, you know, Fuji X-T30, X-T3, you know, X-T2. And so I was like, all right, I got to find out more about these Fuji cameras. And I found out that Fuji put in their old stock film simulations directly into their cameras. So if you okay. wanted to look like Provia, they had a Provia uh, uh, film simulation in it. And it would oh, come wow. out looking like a film. And then you get into what's called Fuji recipes, mm -hmm. which are custom recipes that people put into their cameras so they'll change the highlights, the low lights, they'll move the, the white balance over a little bit. There's a button in some Fuji cameras where you can add and remove grain or chroma effects. Yeah. So it looks and more like And that's all pre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't do anything in Lightroom. Every photo you see that I take is straight out of camera. It's wow. just the JPEGs that come out. Uh, yeah, none of my photos I ever – a matter of fact, I don't even take raw photos out of it. I just have it for JPEGs. Okay. Unless I'm doing like a gig where I'm like, all right, I may have to go back and fix some things. Yeah. But uh, I love the fact that they just look like film straight of a camera. I mean it's it, as close as you can possibly get. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why Fujis are now impossible to find. Oh, really? They blew up – I found out all of a sudden I was going to buy myself a new Fuji camera. And I was like, all right, why is it double and why is it sold out everywhere? And it wow. got big on TikTok. Oh, okay. Because people were using the film simulations. And they're like, these look like film photos. They're not sure. – They're not – like a, I have a Canon. I never touch it. It takes the most clear, crisp photos you will ever see. Yeah. I never touch it because I love the imperfection of film. And I even use a lot of vintage uh, lenses on my digital cameras because okay. they're unique. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, our time is about up already. Okay. Where wow. does the half an hour go? <laughs> I know. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> so is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about today? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I'm I'm really big about and, you know, I, I, I call my cameras my security blankets a lot of times is, is – 
to me, photography is a lot of therapy. Uh, you know, I went to therapy my entire life and I found photography as a good outlet if I need time to myself or if I need a reason to be somewhere mm-hmm. or I just need to get out. Uh, it is, it's, it's really been a lifesaver for me. Uh, it's one of the ways I handle depression and anxiety. And one of my things I just have to say is, especially for people that struggle a lot, um, you know, even if it's something weird like street photography, where you do have to make yourself feel a little awkward, you have to get in weird positions. You get, you know, it, anybody that's a photographer has always been in a weird position where they're leaned down and they're walking <laughs> funny and they're crawling on their knees and they're, you know, they're sitting there, you know, getting these weird angles. And people will look at you like you're cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you get out there and you do these things. And one of my major things always for people that struggle through that kind of stuff is find a good outlet, find a good way that makes you happy, that gives you your Zen. Yeah. And, you know, for me, street photography has been one of it. And, you know, if, if, if anybody ever, I always want to go shooting with people. Mm -hmm. So if anybody ever wants to go shooting or they want to go ahead and try out photography, if they're, they're a little bit nervous at it and they live in the Ocala area, by all means, find me on Instagram, shoot me a message. And you're like, hey, I want to go shoot some fences. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll find some way to take photos of fences. I'm cool with that. So <laughs> if awesome. anybody's ever interested in doing that kind of stuff, by yeah. all means, reach out to me on Instagram. And uh, let's go take some photos of weird stuff. So. And how do they find you on Instagram? So I am the amazing Tommy. Uh, it's not because I, I think I'm amazing. Uh, one of my favorite comedians when I was little was the amazing Jonathan. So that is why I am the amazing Tommy. <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> my 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 fiance just recently found out that when I was younger, I used to do magic tricks, which she goes, well, that's par for the course. Here yes. For how nerdy and weird you are. I was like, yeah, I know how to do some magic tricks that I never do anymore. Uh, and I love the amazing Jonathan. So that's why I called myself the amazing Tommy and it's stuck ever since. So. <laughs> that's fantastic. <Yep. laughs> well, Tommy, thank you so much for joining us here today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a blast. And I'm, I'm so, I've seen the people that you interview and I'm so honored uh, to be here. It, it, when you asked me, I was like, I, I, it must be a slow month. So no, I was like, no. right. so, <laughs> it was a perfect month. It's uh, the arts this month. Yep, so so yeah. perfect. <laughs> oh, and, and yeah, if anybody ever sees me out, yeah. And they want to ask, by all means, I, I, I may talk your ear off about it, but I, anything you want to know, uh, you know, if if you want me to take a photo of you and you're out, please make it as goofy and as much of you as possible. But, I, you know, I don't, like, by all means, stop me and say, hey, I want a photo from you. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, great. Well, thank you again, Tommy. I appreciate it. No, thank you. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the Locala podcast. Once again, I'm Lisa Anderson, your host. And we will go ahead and have all the links in the description. There will be a story of Tommy in our magazine this month as well. And so we'll make sure to link to that. And we hope that you have a wonderful day and join us here on the next podcast where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.